What is happening here? You haven't got your sound on, love. Can't hear you, Grandad. <laughs> Keep talking, but I can't hear you, Grandad. You've got no microphone. Hello. No. Oh, hang on, I need to, I can unmute you now, there we are. Although actually, I do like the idea of keeping you muted. We're going to have a conversation, keeping you muted is kind of preferable. Welcome to Nothing to See Here with Stephen and Darren. A conversation between two quite brilliant minds. This is our pilot episode. Bearing in mind, neither of us can fly. So you were actually muting me and making me think that I couldn't work Zoom. No, that was not happening in any way whatsoever. I just unmuted you. Um, hello. You know you, you didn't need to do it on your phone just because I sent you the message on your phone, right? It wasn't compulsory. Well, how, do I, on your phone. how do I do it on my computer? Um, so is this what this podcast is going to be? It's going to be grandson teaching granddad how to use technology. Is that what's happening here? <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Right. So can you, not, can you not just send it to my computer? Well, yes, I could. I could email it to you. What with you having an email? Yeah. Do you want me to do that? Because do you well, want to do it against it? Disaster so far, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I am recording. You are, oh, you are recording. I don't know where to put my um, phone. Too late. It's gone. What? Your dignity. There was no dignity. No. It's all right. Not where you're putting the phone now, there isn't. (laughs) There's orange juice down there, look, because when I... Stop it! Too much! (laughs) My easy peel tangerines have got so old. (laughs) Times is dry and barren in pandemic, but they're not that dry and barren. No, when they get old, they start squirting juice when you start easy peeling them. <laughs> and so I ended up with orange juice all over my trousers. Right. Only you could make a uh, difficulty of something called easy peel. This is why I'm called Norman Bates's mother. Because, because I sit in the window, right. rocking. You do look a little bit like her, has to be said. <laughs> is it the hair? I'd like to Would you like that. to introduce yourself? Oh, uh, okay. Uh, my name is, uh, is Darren Cheek. Uh, is that in Bum Cheek? Yeah, or Bloody, or Walter, or Rosie. I've introduced you to the whole family now, as well as me. Um, good. And who are sure. you? Stephen, and I'm an... Ara- uh, Stephen. <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> I'm an aroused podcaster. <laughs> Stephen, and I'm a renowned podcaster. I actually make people, I make people very happy with my podcast. Do you? So, well, I thought I'd do it with you and spoil things. Yeah, okay. Fair so enough. I was trying to come up with a theme. Right. And I thought life and death would be a good one. Okay. Let's start, let's start with small stuff. And like, because when... And build up over the weeks. We'll start with the small stuff, like life and death. And then we'll build up to something bigger 
by episode five or seven, like Kentucky Fried Chicken. What the neighbours are doing. Yeah, no, exactly. Right, life and death. Because when we first met, mm. we were both in grief. Yes. Because if we get personal, mm. you were miserable. <laughs> yes. I was miserable. Yes. And we just sat and made each other even more miserable, which is how we got to become friends. That's not true, though, is it? If we, if we, if there's it's true, it's very true. Of, of, of seriousness. If you want to talk about life or death, then you have to take it a little bit seriously. And actually, what we did was help heal each other through lots of gin, mostly me drinking the gin. I don't remember like, drinking any gin with you. Actually, well. you had a couple of cocktails, I think, a few times. No, we, we had a lot of. We had a lot of very deep, lovely and meaningful conversations. And I think actually out of our grief grew because, of course, you can't have endings without beginnings. That's the beautiful and amazing thing about endings. No matter how painful they are, uh, you can't have an ending without a beginning. And of course, out of our grief, one of the things that came out of our griefs was, was, was the beginning of our friendship. Which will end soon because it's begun. And everything comes to an end. And quite frankly, I'm sick of it. <laughs> Can we just explain here that Darren is an egotistical actor <laughs> whose main part in life or main ambition in life has been to play Jesus? That's not true. He, it was an accident. Absolutely true. I got crucified 19 times by accident. This is genuinely true. By the audience. <laughs> no, exactly. By audience reaction. <laughs> He's not the Messiah. He's just a very bad actor. <laughs> uh, no, uh, actually, it was a, just a very ironic piece of casting. Because um, <laughs> you've got no, no ego at all. No, no, nothing to do with ego. I, I, I totally own my slightly overinflated, yet very fragile ego. Welcome to the life of most actors. Um, no, it was, I'm, I'm not religious in any way whatsoever. But actually, you know what? It was quite a spiritual experience, the whole thing. Uh, in lots in of what ways. way? Um, well, Can I we mean... we put it into context and say what we're talking about? Yeah. So we did... Uh, we did... Um, we being... Damn Cheek, my theatre company, in association with Malvern Priory. Um, and we do big community projects. One of the things that the theatre company does is, is these big community projects. We're very much about putting our audience in the centre of the project. Um, and so we did. Uh, I've suddenly gone into PR speak, haven't I? And uh, it's because I'm doing funding applications at the moment. So every, I, I speak in funding application uh, language these days. Um, anyway, so we did this big community project. Uh, it was the mysteries, the Morven mysteries that uh, Rob Swinton, one of our, my co-directors wrote. Uh, and it was with four professional actors uh, and then a huge community cast of, I think there were over about 130 people involved uh, in the project in one way or another. I think the cast was about 45, but there were also, there was the local orchestra uh, and the local choirs. And and so it's basically, it's a big community project and it's a, a multi-faith, multi-church experience. So all of the cast were from across, they weren't just from the Priory, they were from lots of different churches and from the community. And yes, I- Northern Priory, not- Malvern Priory, not the get better from drugs Priory. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It's much more expensive, that one. So, yes, and I played the big J. So if anyone wants to donate <laughs> to poor Darren, <laughs> you who's now 
hijack the whole podcast. So, so, so this is Stephen's joke. So at the, so what we haven't said is that that we're doing the project again, hopefully subject to funding in a different community in a different place next year in 2021. So basically, amazingly, we've been given uh, a bit of funding from a, a, a great organization um, called Well Gates Head. Uh, we need to find the rest of the funding, uh, which will be amazing. But if we do, we're gonna do this project in um, Hewworth. Um, and, and what about Hewworth? What sort of a place is that? Tell us more. So it's a northern town. It's an ex-mining town. So it's very socially disenfranchised. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's, a lot of people, unfortunately, at the lower end of the social spectrum. It's one of the it's one of the many towns up north and in a lot of the rest of the UK that were destroyed by Thatcher's government with the closure of the mines and has kind of been suffering ever since. So this project, certainly in the context of the pandemic, will be really welcome because, of course, this project is about bringing community together and people working together. I'm really hoping it'll be really well-timed and, and really well-placed once we get through uh, the pandemic. I'm, I'm hoping it will be a, a welcome moment for communities to come back together. And that's Hewworth in the northeast, not to be confused with Judy Dench's birthplace, just outside York in North Yorkshire, as I read somewhere, possibly on the interweb, don't quote me. Yeah, you did, didn't you? you got, and you got us all excited. That's my job in life, is to whip you up and get you all excited and then whip the rug from underneath your feet because your ego's too big. So I'm not an actor and I have nothing to promote. Well, I, I didn't know we were doing this so I could promote things, that's, but that's been an interesting discovery. Well, you know, I have not heard you mention anything about any of this, thing, so I thought we could give you something nice and fresh to start to talk about. <laughs> but you see, there's people walking past the flat. Yeah, that's episode six. You don't, don't you can't jump. Oh, there's my name. Episode six. We're on life and death. Come on, life and death. Tell me something. You, this was your topic of choice. So well, everyone in my life's been dying over the past three, four, five years. Yeah. And uh, so when I met Darren, my dad had died about a year before and my mother was on a very long, slow route, battling on against the odds. Um, and I was all over the place, really. And I can't remember. Oh, well, I met you because I went on a course that you took, didn't I? Yes. What well, acting can teach us about truth. Because I've noticed, I've noticed, because obviously I, work, I also work as a psychotherapist. And I'd noticed that uh, the conversations that I was having in the rehearsal rooms with my actors about good, real, authentic acting, um, what I would consider... We not use that word. I hate the word authentic. What about moist? That's it. Much better. Okay. Good, moist acting. <laughs> it's just because lot, I, 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 lots of people don't like the word moist. I do not understand that. Uh, I we... have a friend who, who can't say the word moist. Well, there we are, except actually... Or lesbian or ointment. What about a moist, ointmenty lesbian? Yeah. Anyway, actors and mm. truth. Yeah, so authenticity, real acting, true acting, great acting, 
which um, so it's about taking layers off. I noticed these conversations that I was having with my actors and the games that I was playing with in the rehearsal room were really similar. I'm really enmeshed with the conversations that I have with clients a lot of the time about living true, living real, living with integrity, living with honesty, taking the layers off, stopping the game playing and all of those sorts of things. So I, yeah, so I wrote this workshop, which actually I'm, I'm going to deliver again. So um, anyone listening to our podcast, please have a look at the website, www.damcheek.co.uk. This is becoming the, the Darren Cheek self-promotion show, isn't it? I, I kind of like it. Yeah, fabulous. But you see, isn't acting about putting layers on and not showing the truth and playing and things? So, uh, for me, it's, it's so a mistake that a lot of younger actors make, and by younger, I mean less experienced, not, there's no comment about age there, is that the less you do, the harder you're working. It's and interesting, a lot of European countries have the two different types of acting, don't they? So they talk about the actor or the comedian, for instance. So one being the person that puts themselves, like Woody Allen, for want of a better example, who, uh, uh, yeah, uh, a more politically correct example, <laughs> more post too better example. Great choice. Thanks. You know, he, he puts himself in the situations. So, uh, whereas the actor is the person that you're talking about who puts the layers on, puts the nose on, puts the chin on, puts the prosthetics on, puts the accents on, et cetera, et cetera. But ultimately, I, for me, acting it has to come from oneself. And it's a variation on, on, on that Woody Allen thing. It's not that literal, but you are playing yourself in those situations. Everyone has been, everyone has had that moment where they've genuinely wanted to murder somebody, even if it's only lasted for a microsecond. But of course, we have the switch that doesn't allow that to happen. But we all have those drivers. We all have those drivers. So we all know what those really dark feelings are like, even if we've never acted on them. And it's a case of act it's a case of accessing those feelings rather than playing them. And I would struggle to find a feeling that we've not had. So it'd be great that there's a challenge as an in the moment challenge for you. Can you think of something that might contradict that? Or Let's just remind listeners that there's two people taking part in this podcast. <laughs> I've just opened it back up to you. I'm going to play devil's advocate and say there are some brilliant actors who do seem to do very little. And I would say someone like Cary Grant or someone like Mark Rylance, who seem to be great actors by... I'm finding this difficult to articulate um, but there are some actors who just seem to be able to create an amazing performance from doing very very little and I don't know whether that's just some sort of magic star quality that they have or whether it's something that is very carefully cultivated. Well no I think you're talking about uh, if you take somebody like Mark Rylance you're talking about somebody that is phenomenally phenomenally skilled at their trade and of course somebody that is phenomenally phenomenally skilled at their trade uh part of that skill is is making it look effortless so you don't you don't see where the lines are so you, the 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 phenomenally skilled painter and direct decorator who comes to do your house you don't you don't you know the skirting board is 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 separate to the wall and the walls are separate to the window frames you don't see where those things meet um and it looks effortless I think that's an, a terrible analogy, but anyway. Um, yeah, because I'm just looking at our skirting board, which is bright yellow, and then the wall, which is a completely different colour, <clears throat> and was done by a very fine painter decorator. But um, 
part of yes, the... it is true. This is what I was hoping you would say. And I was reading the last book I read, apart from the Half and Axe Christie, uh, that I was mocked for reading, uh, was Fiddlestick. Um, I can't remember what it was called. Oh, was it Thingy who was in the Thingy What's It that did that, you know, that Thingy What's It thing with Thingy? Yeah, it's a really profound book and it is so beautifully and simply written. All this work has gone into something that just seems to be so simple and so easy. And because, because of that easiness, it hits really, really profound topics and subjects and can just, just made me reevaluate things in, in, in the sentence almost. It will come to me. Olive again. Ah, oh, yes. Olive again. Olive Kitteridge books, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's the, the the greatest thing to be able to do. And there's a lot of life and death in in Olive again, so we are keeping on that topic. And Woody Allen made a film called Life and Death, did he not? Or was it Love and Death? Yeah, yeah. Moving on. So, yeah. So, so where where did this act, where did this is this more this thing of young actors were they being taught to not do anything or was it something they thought they should be doing because they'd been watching too much television or celebrity yeah, culture I think, or I think it's a mimic of of telly and what looks like telly and film acting uh and I think it was a, and I think it was a reaction you know away from uh, away from a much more you know what was traditionally held as the declamatory style of theatre even as you know even as late as kind of the late 80s it was a it's kind of a, a an unspoken reaction against that but it's and so you see a lot of telly and film actors on stage who can't cut it these days i sound like such an old haggard actor it's very funny it's like, what do you mean sound like <laughs> true you make a very valid point says the man in the rocking chair by the way <laughs> looking like norman bates's mother so life and death yeah so I do find it difficult. I say often I will go to the theatre and it does take me about 10 minutes to get used to the fact that people are standing, declaiming into the audience. And it's not often I do go into a play and I'm caught up from the moment the first actor speaks. I always have to have this 10 minute or so transition to get out of my world and into the world of the play. And whether that's just me or bad acting, I don't know. But I always feel people do, or always, are always a bit shouty at the beginning of plays, or often, or um, maybe maybe the actors are transitioning as well. Uh, there was an old, there's an old little, uh, an old little theatrical technique, which is that the first person who who comes on in a play speaks slower and louder for the first couple of lines, just to allow the audience to tune in. Well, of course, they could be finishing their ice creams. Or switching their mobile phones off. What the actor on? Maybe that's something. Very good. Know the audience, so maybe that's something we do need to be thinking about. It's astonishing how many people in audiences now sit with their phones on for at least the first two or three minutes of play. It infuriates me. Like now, honestly, it infuriates me, and I will quite often uh, throw coins at people's heads if they have their uh, uh, phones on in theatres with relish. And then when they turn around to see who it is, I actually lean forward so that they know it's me rather than hiding. Uh, all of that is true. Um, uh, what infuriates me more is how they've now, uh, certain theatres and concerts and things, start taking your phone off of you. This, I think, this is disgusting. Yeah, you have, to, have you have to put, you've not had this. Yeah, they take it off you, they put it in a sealable bag 
and lock the bag and then give you the phone back locked in a bag. Um, I, I, first, uh, I first saw this at Hannah Gadsby at her last gig and I was furious and I was with the, the most mild mannered uh, therapist, very good friend of mine who I've never seen uh, out. Is that Freud? Yeah, no, exactly. Me and Freud, they're at Hannah Gadsby. He would have had a field day, wouldn't he, at Hannah Gadsby? That would he would, be. yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, but he lost it. He got, he got very grumpy. Uh, and, and, and yes, and, uh, and I've never seen him get very, like he got vocally grumpy and this guy's very mild, mannered, centred man, but he kind of did it for all four of us, which was lovely. He had a good old political rant about it. Outrageous. I sort of... I think I'd be more bothered about the fact they're going to lose somebody's mobile phone and it would probably be mine. No, no, because they give it back to you in a bag. A locked bag. Oh, and then you can't... So you then go into whatever you're going into, clutching a bag. Yeah. You know, like, you, know, like you see those people when, when they're on... Which I would then drop on the floor and lose. Well, yes. But then you, do, you just keep it next to your Closme bag, wouldn't you? Because they're kind of the, the, the roughly the same size. I've got a twatty friend who, um, for some bizarre... Oh, because first of all, I'm going on about the 10-minute transition of me getting used to actors being performers and not just being people standing, shouting at an audience. Uh, and they, this person transitions by sleeping through probably about the first 20 minutes of... Actually, usually films. And then, because they nod off, they tend to take their glasses off and then they wake up and... They sort of obviously enjoy the rest of the film in a blur because they then leave the uh, film cinema uh, without their glasses. And then they have to send hysterical texts uh, through WhatsApp, through messaging, uh, and then emails, possibly contacting through Facebook as well, and Instagram and Twitter, screaming at the person that they've left their specs behind. Can the their... Um, their considerate, kind, responsible friend go and find the specs for them and return them the next day. If people haven't stopped listening by now, which <laughs> I really hope they have, that would have been that the last of your friends lost the will to live. So again, we're back to life and death because that may be the moment where you are responsible for a few of your friends losing the will to live. No, I think I think they would be absolutely on the edge of their seats. It's just that you obviously recognise something in that story that you're uh, reacting against. The thing is, I, it started off badly, that story. It held off a little towards the middle, and the less said about the end, the better. So let's talk about narrative structure now, shall we? That's stolen from Blackadder, I should have Beginning and a middle and an end. Um, yeah, that was... Yes, I dropped my glasses once when I fell asleep. <gasps> was it you? Actually, that's not true. Do you know the, the real thing is to come back to the life and death and the grief thing. I went through this phase last year. Part of my grief was that I... So I've not worn glasses for that long. And I think I'd only worn them for about a year by that point. But part of my grief process last year was I did keep throwing my glasses away. Three times. I, so once was with you. Once was in a pub. Um, and then there was some around. So I, had, so I found... I lost them twice and they're not cheap glasses either. Um, so that's, you know, psychologically the, the, the wasted money was an interesting layer too. Um, uh, but yeah, the third time I went back to the pub cause I was almost sure um, that's where I were. Uh, that's where I were. That's great Essex. You there. 
anyway, and uh, I said, have you got my glasses? And they said, no, they'd all had a good look. And I, because I'd phoned them up, the manager said no. And I said, oh, do you know what? I'm going to come in anyway and have a look. Because I had a really strong sense that they were there. So I walked into the pub, but it was a different manager. And I said, yeah, I'm just inquiring. I think I left my glasses here last night. And, uh, and um, do you know what? This story is as interesting as the one that you just had. Because all this is a story about is how, because I used to run pubs and restaurants, I knew where to look for my glasses. Because uh, they yeah, were- my, my silence at this point is speaking volumes. Yeah. So they were convinced they weren't there. So I walked over to the sofa where I'd sat the night before, moved the sofa, because I knew that the cleaners, having worked in bars and restaurants for years, managed bars and restaurants, cleaners do not generally move, clean behind backs of doors or move furniture if they, unless they have to. So I moved the sofa and next to a couple of mouldy chips and some mouldy peas uh, were my glasses. That story I own as less interesting than, than the one that you just told about me losing my glasses. So I think I've successfully now made the Lost last... all your friends. Yeah. Which leaves nobody. No, so actually... See, that story, you know, at school, when you're teaching stories, you do the story mountain, which is, yeah. you know, go up to the climax and come down. That story was like cycling around Norfolk. Anyone listening? All in... on one level. <laughs> I'm listening in Norfolk. I happen to really like Norfolk. So uh, uh, I don't like Woody Allen. I happen to like Norfolk. And I don't think younger actors, young people, as, as Grandad here referred to them, is the problem. It's, I was talking about experience. Uh, just to be clear, just for those disclaimers out there. I just want to put those disclaimers out there. So so, we're backtracking now, are we? Well, no, I'm just picking you up on your ageist Norfolk-isms. And, and disassociating myself from them. I used the word young. I didn't say anything about age. <laughs> obviously, I meant young. Obviously, I meant young in experience. <laughs> I never. We never had sex. Whatever that line was. Do you know? That <laughs> Sorry. Can we just cut that? <laughs> Where did that come from? Bill Clinton. Whatever that line was. God, please put some context in. <laughs> what did he say? Can you remember? I'm actually blushing now. What did he say? Can you remember? I'm, I'm finding myself. I did not have sex with that woman. Right. Sorry. I'm a, yeah. If you're going to do a podcast with anecdotes, you really should have them. So life and so death. which parts of Norfolk have you been to? Which parts? Flat Norfolk. Have been to. Uh, the North bit, the folk bit. Um, I've been a folk bit. Yeah. Well, the Norfolk folk bit. The Nor and the folk, everything from the N to the K. I've been. I've been. Have I been to Norwich? Yes. Have I been to Bungie? Yes. Have I been to Beckles? Yes. Have I been to Wells next to the sea? Yes. Have I been to Cromer? Is Cromer in Norfolk or is it in Suffolk? Ah. Uh, have I been to Newmarket? Is Newmarket in Lincoln? Um. This is where we. Have you ever played Where in the World? It's. Uh, my geography is terrible. Um, one of the things that's come out of this pandemic is that we now have a family meeting. Uh, it's not a meeting. I don't know what you call it. But we meet once a week as a family uh, on Friday evenings. Uh, I couldn't think of a more hateful idea than meeting with my family once a week, uh, by the way, because uh, it includes my brother, my sister and my mum. Uh, not the easiest crowd. Uh, and my brother's girlfriend, but she's lovely. So she's not included in the, in the difficult family bit. But you know what? I have to say, one of the things that's come out of... Um, 
the life and the death of the pandemic is actually these weekly little meets, which, and they're proof I'm actually enjoying them. My sister thinks it's hilarious, but despite myself, I'm enjoying them. But the point of this chain of thought, this ramble, is that we, each week, somebody takes responsibility for what I call the enforced fun. Um, so somebody does a quiz or somebody does, you know, uh, my brother did some taskmaster things. So we did a few of those. Anyway, I did Where in the World, which is this board game. Where in the World? Where in the World, yeah, that's how you say it in Essex. Uh, and, uh, and I, and I realised just how bad my geography is and it was my quiz. How was that as an anecdote? It's as bad as your Irish accent. I'm not sure. It's okay to professionally slag off your co-host, by the way. I think we're in dodgy town. I think personally, okay, if we can set some boundaries, if we can set some boundaries. Just because I'm a little, just because I'm a few years older than you, I still get called granddad. Yeah, but that's insulting you personally. That's entirely different. Uh, If you are going to sit there in a rocking chair, and I am going to have to (laughs) look at the urine swishing in your colostomy bag, um, most people strap them, don't don't they have like a strap-on thing? I don't mean a strap-on thing. I mean, like a belt. You're, don't be coming doing these podcasts with a strap-on thing. That wouldn't be a good look. Can we just make? Because it, it seems to me now that we're into boundary boundaries and contracting. It feels like we've come to it a little bit late in our first episode, but it does feel like we're contracting and doing some boundaries. So I think please don't wear a strap-on ever when we do these. It's a definite boundary I would like to enforce after today. <laughs> after today I feel a bit sick actually probably most of the listeners feel a bit sick as well I don't want to see the urine sticking about in your bag can you put it under your jumper next week you see I would like to say listeners that I can only see Darren's glasses and half his t-shirt so I've got absolutely no idea what's going on underneath the camera what's interesting is when you get into other people's houses because I've never been invited over and I, and, I, and I did meet a long time before the epidemic started uh, oh no I have been invited over I didn't come yeah I turned you down didn't I anyway uh, Darren is not one of these poncy people that puts himself in front of a wall of books to show off all his uh, academic texts he just sits in front of a blank white wall <laughs> a blank white wall with lots of books on it so Stephen, and he keeps moving he's moving from side to side so that just just to make sure i can just see all of the books i used to be a bookseller when was that was that when books were still black and white wasn't it 1873 yeah and where was it after the printing press was uh invented uh where did you work as a bookseller I worked in Crouch End in a bookshop called Prospero's Books. Nice name for a bookshop. Uh, no, it's not because my manager didn't like it because Prospero burns all his books at the end of the play. Right. Well, that's put us all into a stunned silence. We'll all ponder that one. We'll ponder that for a second because, because your reason for it not being a, a nice name, this is where I got stuck and why I started to ponder, forgetting that we're doing an audio thing. So sitting thinking is not the most interesting thing ever. Um, uh, is that you, you said it wasn't a good thing because your manager didn't like it. So I was wondering where you were in that. 
Well, it, I didn't have an opinion until she said that, and then I sort of thought, yeah, she's never, right. So I didn't. Have an opinion about anything ever? You would. Mm, not really. Oh. <laughs> that was very good. Well done. Uh, book. Uh, good. Good puns for uh, bookshops. Go for names. I did see a picture of, this has got nothing to do with bookshops, but I did see someone send me a picture on WhatsApp of a bar. I think it's actually one in Leicester Square and they'd, they'd photoshopped Garden Centre above it, which I thought was quite funny. Uh, can yeah, well, you, I thought it was funny. Well, no, the thing is, it's like those words that you just used in the order that you put them didn't make very much sense. Or maybe it's because your teeth slipped out slightly. Um, uh, say it again, but in English. Because actually, it is quite funny what you're saying, but you just didn't it didn't say it very clearly. <laughs> I am not. I have not been paid to sit here and have my anecdotes ripped apart by being said that the words come out in the wrong order. <laughs> I do a podcast, and, I, and part of my podcast is commenting on the neighbours going past. Oh, yeah, I only listened to the first one so far. It's been a bit of a busy COVID. Good mine. Uh, I would open a bookshop. Yeah, yeah, I would open a bookshop and I'd have a bar in it. I think that would be amazing. I'd call it Tequila Mockingbird. Could you could you do that anecdote again, but put the words in the right order and make it funny? <laughs> I think if it was like a if it was like a, a therapeutic bookshop, it could be called Forever Young. Yeah, could. Did you just yawn at my rather witty <laughs> little... <laughs> is it it's nearly four o'clock. It's time for a snooze. Is it a pun? Was it a pun? Was that a pun? I can't actually... I don't think I've ever seen a bookshop with a pun title. But is that a pun? Hairdressers, hairdressers and barbers tend to use puns in their you name know, more. The Godfather or hair razors or hair today gone yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. I think you just couldn't. My hair's looking, isn't my hair looking fabulous? Yeah, I, you really look like Bon Jovi. I was going about on this on my podcast. There are, I go out for a walk every day and there are just too many people with really beautifully cut hair. And I want to know who's doing all the cutting. There were lots on the news last week, weren't there, about barbers and hairdressers actually being open secretly and cutting in their kitchens in the back rooms and stuff. A little bit. Oh, um, is that what's going on? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there was a BBC news reporter. Um, uh, phoned a couple up and they and they showed it on showed them him booking appointments and the and the, the guy going oh I can't fit you in till Saturday you'll have to come around the back blah 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 a little bit like prohibition hairdressing I guess prohibition hairdressing yeah but my hair's looking fab it's been thinking about you I'm still on bookshops you you scattered away from it because you couldn't think any what's that got to do with a bookshop ISBN thinking about you you I thought you worked in a bookshop can yeah. you, people listening, can you see what I'm with here? <laughs> I mean, I know you can't if see you came it, up with it's an audio thing. If but... you came up with four words and the first one started with an I and the second word started with an S and the third word started with a B and the fourth word started with an N, then <laughs> I would have found that one too. Clear. <laughs> so 
sorry, I was I I just died there. Back to the life and death. I definitely <laughs> died there for I don't know. I I saw the white went somewhere strange. Uh, right, well, it's been about an hour, and I think we should wind up. And I've got to spend about three days cutting and editing this now. Are you gonna? Are you really gonna edit this? That's fantastic. Yeah, of course. I'm gonna need to edit. There'll be about thirty seconds left by the time you cut all of. I am really, really proud of the fact that you got. And don't spoil this for me. Yeah. You got through this without swearing. I didn't. Don't spoil that. I fucking didn't. <sighs> I, I, Child. I, I absolutely fucking didn't. Go back. You did actually. No idea. I how much do you want to bet? Let's. How much do you want to bet? I'm like, I'm not going to shake hands. There's no good sticking your hand out like that. I can't shake hands with you. I bet you 50 um, of your best COVID pandemic can't use real money pounds. 50 of your, your best um, COVID pandemic pounds that you're not allowed to use real money anymore. If I'm right, you can donate to my Just Giving page because I don't know if you're aware, but actually I am running the marathon later in the year. And uh, I don't know if you know about this. Um, and if you, if you don't know about it, uh, there is a little signature at the bottom of my email which says Darren is running the 2020 London Marathon to help raise money for the large scale community project and mystery play please help us towards our 15k target click here the marathon is delayed until October but our fundraising needs uh, to keep on running meanwhile I don't know if you're aware of that and but since lockdown how much running have you been doing as practice it's got slower every week but actually what I am doing is running less and drinking and eating more like I think an awful lot of us are and uh, and that and that's yes. I'm not. Uh, you're you're not eating and drinking more. No. Oh, smug bastard. to see here with Darren and Stephen. We genuinely hope you've enjoyed listening to it. Please give us some feedback, let us know what you thought, and we'll probably do another one anyway. Thanks for listening.